podcast. I am Stuart Bothwell and I am joined as ever by the incomparable and often incompetent Darren Butter. How's it going, Darren? Been a while, eh? Has been a while. That was a bit of a blind side. Yeah, well, gonna, I like to keep you on your toes. Just gonna, I'm just going <laughs> to stew on that for a bit. Carry on. Yeah, please please do. No, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, man, we've um, obviously been off of the airwaves, if if that's what you can call it in podcasting land, or off the internet for a, a little while. We've been pretty quiet because, yeah, the, the NFL's pretty quiet at the moment. So uh, we just had a bit of time to sit and reflect, contemplate, uh, travel around a little bit, maybe do some shopping, all that jazz, um, whilst things just kind of tick along in the NFL but uh, that's not to say that there hasn't been things happening and um, yeah, I guess we can get back and we can talk about a couple of them now eh? yeah sounds good so um, first thing on our little uh, agenda that we've got today is uh, that you pointed out that uh, Sean McVay the coach of the Los Angeles Rams I'm finally just getting around to convincing myself that they are in Los Angeles now not St. Louis yeah um, yeah, he's been saying that uh, Todd Gurley will apparently be used in the same way as he was last year. Are we believing that? Um, no, I don't believe so. I think it's going to be more <laughs> of a depressing version of David Johnson at the Cardinals last year. This year, for the Rams, I don't think he's going to be used anywhere near the way he wants to be used or we'd like to see him be used, but it doesn't look like his health mm. can hold it. So. Yeah, well, like just a, a bit of a backstory for the listeners is that um, Todd Gurley um, was absolutely tearing up the league last season, of course, and then just kind of seemed to slow down after a bit of an injury, and then he was used quite sparingly throughout the playoffs, and but he insisted that he was healthy and things were good to go, but everyone knew that that was not the case because he was a, a shell of his usual self, and people are saying that this is an injury which could really like keep him out of the game and possibly even ruin or threaten his career so yeah well uh, people we've, close we've got to, him to think that, that aren't you know monetarily in his you know with him in terms of saying the right things have been saying it looks like it's you know an arthritic knee and you know he's got to get this keyhole like cleanups every six months or so not good signs if you're a running back this is why running backs don't play 12, 15 years in the NFL because they get injuries like this. And the fact he's, even if it's not true, but even to have reports like that after two, three years in the league, it's not a good sign for the young man. It's um, it's a bit of a shame, but hopefully hopefully he can do something this season. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was used more in like third down situations and, and you know, yeah. obvious passing situations you know, rather than being the, the free and down back. Yeah, it's a it's a real shame. Like at least he was in the fortunate position where he was able to actually get paid before these sorts of things started happening. But obviously, that's not something that tends to happen for all running backs in the NFL. So uh, yeah, he's been fortunate in that regard. But you know, this could be something that we have to worry about in terms of the NFL losing one of their most exciting and explosive players to uh, to health concerns and. Um, like the Rams can say it all they want, but you know they've got Malcolm Brown in the backfield, uh, and they just drafted Daryl Henderson out of Memphis, who's a pretty explosive running back in his own right. And um, a lot of people are trying to say that maybe Daryl Henderson might be the guy that they end up kind of loading up on a fair bit more. Like um, I don't know, it's it's hard hard to tell. Um, you, you really you don't want to see uh, someone like Todd Gurley just disappear from the league kind of overnight but um, I'm sure that like they've got the best doctors in the world looking at him trying to make sure that he's going to be ready for next season and that he can actually withstand the punishment of an entire season yeah well we're looking at Darrell Henderson he's got three and a half thousand rushing yards in 431 attempts um, at Memphis uh, he's got 44 mm-hmm. touchdowns averaged 8.7 yards per play in everything from scrimmage so yeah. they've I kind think his, of uh, his yards after contact and his uh, broken tackles are actually quite impressive as well for a guy his size. Yeah, so it's going to be a hard one for Todd Gurley. But I know people are saying this is why you don't pay running backs, but they didn't know when they paid him. And at the same time, you have to take into account that the, the cap goes up every year. So um, 
the cap will go up again this year and it'll probably envelop what Todd's getting paid. So they'll just be where they were last year in terms of the cap. And yeah, and then they can take on a rookie like Darrow in what the third or fourth round he was drafted in. So I mm. don't think it's going to affect the Rams as much as all the, you know, the stat nerds want to say this is why you don't pay running backs. And I think they had yeah. to. He was their star. Um, I don't think Jared yeah. Goff sells shirts, unfortunately. No. He's the he's a good quarterback, but he's not, you know, a star like um Todd Gurley is. So I think they, they made a decision to back him. If it backfires then they've got two or three years with Daryl Henderson on, you know, very minor money. So I think they've made a good yeah. good draft. They had a good draft in general with the guys they picked up and we'll see what Todd Gurley can do. Like even if he's only playing like fifteen plays a game. If he's fit and his knee's okay and they're just trying to give him a year to recover, he's still going to make plays. He's still going to... You still have to account for him whenever he's on the field. Um, he, he's one of these guys, and like the guys in PFF always say, uh, a, a, a good running back helps complement a, a really good offense. But you like these days, you can't just have <laughs> a sole... Uh, your sole source can't be the running back. Yeah. Um, but... You know, if you have a good enough line, that's the more important thing. Because then, if you've got a running back in there, you can like swap them around. Like when Le'Veon Bell wasn't playing for the Steelers last season, he barely missed a beat because James Conner was exceptional. But was it James Conner who was exceptional, or was it, or the, was it the fact that he was? Yeah, he was. It was a scheme, and he was running through holes the size of a, a like a double decker bus. So, well, sometimes that yeah. doesn't work. Because I've seen many videos of Trent Richardson missing those holes. So <laughs> it definitely is the running back sometimes. Um I think Trent Richardson's got his left and his right mixed up all the time, so he just walks right into the back of people. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> but I think the main issue for the Rams this season is gonna be why were they so poor when Cooper Cup got injured? Why why yes. did their offense fall off a cliff because Cooper Cup wasn't there? He wasn't even the number one target and him not being there destroyed their offense for about three or four weeks and really affected them in the Super Bowl. So maybe, maybe it's just that, that depth. Um, like if you've got enough really good wide receivers that you can like spread the field out and you can find the, the space for a guy like Cooper Cup, uh, you know, like if, if you match him up, it's like how good is your, your third best guy compared to the opponent's third best uh, cornerback? Uh, um, it, like ultimately, like just what's the depth there? And um, I, apparently, after Cup, there was a, a bit of a drop off. Um, but uh, yeah, I certainly said he was a very, very valuable and incredibly missed player last season. Yeah, especially in that Super Bowl that we had the misfortune of watching the whole thing. Oh, oh my god! Best, can, we, best, can we not talk best about that play from again? A, a punter. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I guess we'll move on from that one and um, we'll get talking about uh, the Washington Redskins QB. Alex Smith has said that he wants to play again, which is, like, you know, obvious. But we would all love, love it if he could come back and uh, forge some sort of comeback after the horrendous knee injury that he underwent. Sorry, was it, was it a leg? Was it double? Double fracture, I think. Yeah. He only something? just a yeah. couple of weeks ago got the um, pins taken out. Um, so he had obviously his leg in like a a hold with the pins holding it in place and he went to training to coach um, Haskins um, to mm. do some whiteboard stuff with Haskins and apparently it had been the first time since he left the house since the pins had been taken out. And yeah. he's 35. Right. So... God, is he 35? Yeah, so it's... Just seems like just yesterday when he was drafted, drafted first overall by the 49ers. But this is the thing like... In in to be fair to him, most of his interview quotes he said, the steps I'm taking right now are lifestyle steps. Uh, steps. Yeah. He wants to play with his kids, and then um, when he was asked whether he'd return to football, he said, "Let me deal with the kids first, and then it's the plan to come back." So he's not like you know saying he's going to be the starting quarterback again, but he's he's just saying the right things, yeah. I guess, for him and his. For the Redskins who are still paying him, and you know, he's got yeah. to try. I think, and come I think back. he knows that. Yeah, there's there's enough people who are in terrible situations, 
and he he's in a terrible situation in terms of his his health and the future of his career but you know he's he's still going to get paid at the end of the day which is more than many other people in his situation would get um so he's kind of lucky in that regard but um, I really like him as a, in, in as terms a quarterback. of I I'd have him as a starter you know if he didn't have I think you have to obviously that you know Mahomes Breeze Brady yeah and um Rodgers and then He's definitely like if you want a guy who's going to run an offense and play the West Coast and get you, yeah, you know, get and, and you into right scoring positions. He's a great quarterback. He's he's definitely missed. Yeah, he's. Some people would say that he's a bit um, kind of a, like a safe pair of hands. He's a bit gunshot. One of these guys who'd, yeah, he would often be branded as a game manager, which is something that most quarterbacks would hate. Yeah, but I do think but, that um, um, Andy Reid played him that way. Um, rather than yeah. giving him the opportunity to, because if you can dink and dunk to Kareem Hunt and Tark Hill, and then why not? Then that's what you're going to do. But uh, he, he did have a few dis- distance throws for Washington last year, so it's just it's a yeah. bit of a shame. Like, Washington didn't seem like the it didn't seem like the best scenario there at, at the time, especially early on in the season, where um, you know, so obviously Dar- Darius Geis went down, and they eventually got Adrian Peterson in. But um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a horrible situation there. But um, if he were to come back, it's unlikely he'll be starting for the Washington Redskins no, ever again. But it's good good to see him helping out Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I, I think um, he sees this as his responsibility now, and it's something that he can endear himself uh, to the fans with, and uh, it just just sort of shows the kind of guy he is. From from what I gather. Uh, of Alex Smith, the the only things I've ever read about him as a person are that he's a fantastic human, and like a great athlete, but he's a great human first. Uh, so if he has to leave there, then you know maybe he'll end up at Denver. Now I'm kidding. Um, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I suppose. You have any thoughts on uh, what could happen with him when he comes back? Because I think it's going to it's certainly not going to be this year. I think he'll be could maybe be next year. We're going to go on to it, I think, but I can see him being the backup to Jameis or Tua in mm. Tampa Bay if he can come back. Mm. But he won't be with the Reds. Interesting. Team, I don't think. No, no, I think I'd agree with you there. Um, yeah. Okay. The well, like quarterback we'll situations are so solid situation. in the NFL just now. It's really. There's not really any yeah, teams that are. You know, dumpster fire in terms of they haven't at least got a plan. You might not agree with their plan, but everyone yeah. seems to have a plan. Yeah, I think um, uh, the the way that so many teams are sorted right now, it might just depend on what Smith is willing to do when he comes back, back in and back what he's willing to, to take. Um, back up to Russell Wilson. Maybe. Was that, obviously, it'll depend on where Russell Wilson is at that point as well. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely speculating now. We're like far beyond speculation yeah. territory. This is talking about the 2021 or 2022 season at the moment, yeah. oh. where Alex Smith is probably going to be like 37, 38. So, and very rich. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Regardless 40 of million of guaranteed money. And um, yeah, he's probably I mean, got could, in- could injury kickers in there as well and roster, and roster bonuses and stuff, so... You know he's um yeah he's gonna be okay, but it's just going from he might lose his leg to getting that infection and he might die to yeah. I can walk again. We're talking very small steps for someone to <laughs> very, even very get back scary. in the field. So it's good that he's being positive, but it would be a it's gonna be a reach to see him starting a game again. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we've actually mentioned him a few times in the podcast before, and especially in the draft uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's just because you know, like personally, I do have an awful lot of respect for him. I think he's had a a raw deal of it at many places that he's been, uh, and this this drawback is the the biggest of all. And we, we, for someone like him, we just wish him all the best, and uh, hopefully, this recovery will be. Uh, just a, a a minor setback, and we can actually see him back in the field again soon. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next up, we have noticed that uh, tight end for the Denver Broncos, Jake Butt, has come out saying that he believes he is far back as 60th on the depth chart. So 
he's a player that you have uh, a lot of love for. A uh, player with big potential who came out of Michigan, who's just been hampered by huge injuries throughout the course of his career. Uh, he's obviously got this massive upside, and he was like touted as if he gets healthy again, he could be the best tight end in the nation, which never really happened. And now he's got himself on a depth chart behind Jeff Hoyerman and uh, first-round pick for this season, Noah Fant. So do you think that he's right in saying what he's saying, or is he just trying to motivate himself to compete and work his way back into that roster spot? I think he's motivated. I think he'll be on the roster. To be honest, having a one-two punch of Fant and Butt would be pretty solid for the Broncos. I think Jay Butt's pretty... He's an interesting case because he was... When he got injured, obviously, he's from a very wealthy family, and they paid for him to have in- injury insurance. So when he tore his ACL, mm, yeah, he got the insurance company had, had insured him for second round. So when he dropped mm. down to the fifth round, he got paid like $4 million from the policy because of the lost earnings from being injured and being taken in the fourth round instead of the first round or the second round. Mm. And it brought up a big debate about how a wealthy white player could do that and some players aren't allowed to get a loan or have an agent pay for that kind of insurance for them because the NCAA rules. So there was a lot around him because of that because he dropped in the draft and made a big deal about how he was getting paid anyway. And then obviously he tore his ACL. Was it in training camp or... Preseason or something last year, he didn't even really uh, make it. Really. He was maybe one or two no, games. I think, I think he, yeah, I think he played that like one or two games and then suffered an injury in training. It'd be the same ACL um, he that, did that was at it. Michigan. Yeah, like just shown little flashes here and there, but never really made up to, to any of the hype. But I think because the potential is still there and it is so he's massive, he's just so, so high. Big yeah. boy. he's just he's a very good player, and he was a very good player at Michigan for Harbaugh. So. I think people were expecting yeah. him to come from that pro style offense and be able to to do things in the NFL. But you, you know, best best ability is availability. So yes, absolutely. And the Broncos have had some some serious problems with tight end for quite some time now. Uh, like basically since uh, Julius Thomas disappeared, uh, they've not really had anything. Uh, Jeff Horman himself is not exactly around all the time, but the Broncos have decided to keep him around. They've paid him a bit of money. Uh, and obviously Noah Fant looks like a real explosive potential. Uh, I really hope he's himself. good for your sanity, man. I really hope he uh, hits I, the ground running. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got a couple of things he needs to work on to, to really round out his game. But yeah, he's got a, he's got a real good shot at uh, being something there. But... Uh, like like you say, I think having him and Jake Butt as the as like a really good one two punch for tight ends would be fantastic. If you can have like a big big bodies tight ends on there and be like, oh well it could be the run and then oh little dink over the top. And like like I say, Jeff Harmon, he can go in there as well. Maybe you get three tight end sets. Who needs wide receivers anymore? Uh but yeah, it, it just I don't think we're gonna get rid of Jake Butt because I don't think he's on too much money at the moment. And he just has all this potential. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be wanting to keep him around, even if it is just as a fringe player, until he can really prove himself and stay fit, stay healthy. Yeah, and taking him in like the fourth, fifth round last year means that you have him under a very negotiable, you know, salary hit. So, may as well keep yeah. him. Yeah, and I think he, he wants to make his, make his mark. Um, providing he can, you know, show something this season, then we might end up keeping him around. But... If, uh, if he thinks he can go somewhere else and hit free agency, then he might want to try that because he is getting buried a little bit on the depth chart behind Horman and Fant. Yeah, Elway isn't the type to wait. So No, not, not, not much longer than he has to. And I think it is kind of verging on the uh, the, the time to think about cutting cutting loose. So I, I give him another, another season, see how he goes. Yep. Okay. And uh, just just to round out our brief little bit of news at the moment, uh, Baker Mayfield made good on his bet with Saquon Barkley on who would be the Rookie of the Year last season by buying him a big, banging, blinging gold chain with the word quads written on it. Now, in my opinion, it's a bit much, a little bit too garish for me, 
I tend to, you know, just tone it back a little bit. I've got my, uh, I've got my jade necklace. But that's all I really need. Um, but yeah, uh, good on good on Baker for uh, sticking to his words. But uh, if they were going to be doing this for the the course of the rest of their careers, uh, how do you think that uh, that this bet will be going for this upcoming season? Well, your necklace is Ponamu, not jade. Yes. <laughs> You're in New Zealand. No, but it's made made of jade, isn't yeah, it? Maori jade. It's got a different name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was I was trying to sort of like we we have an international audience here, Darren. I'm trying to translate for everyone. Yes, well, they don't. Um, the boys that make those things don't like it when you call it Jade. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, I will just put in the word Ponamu over it. <laughs> really obvious. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I um. Yeah, it's a bit garish for me as well. F- you. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, Sorry, Darren. As you were saying, <laughs> the necklace is a bit garish for me as well. It's not really um, my thing. Um, I'm just glad that they both had good seasons because it looks like a lot of money to spend on um, on a necklace when you're on a rookie deal. That's just that's just my my industry coming up. <laughs> my turn. Um, I was. I think about... Baker knows that he's going to be all right for a while, barring any injuries. The whole thing like Le'Veon Bell complaining that he didn't, um, he wasn't making enough money, but he had like three million dollars of jewelry just sitting on his table for his girlfriend to steal. Yeah, yeah. Girl, girlfriends. Girlfriends. Yes. Uh, might point out, actually. That's, a, that's yeah, another for, one for any. Yeah, for any um, listeners out there who weren't aware of this story. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had like how how many million dollars? Well, we had one story? piece, like a, a black panther, that was like worth like one point three million, like the, the <laughs> helmet. And then he had a couple yeah. of other things. It was like two and a half million or something. And he complains that he hasn't yeah. got any money, and he needed to set out a year to get paid. Yeah, and he apparently had uh, two girlfriends, both living with him at the same time. So a bit of a polyamorous situation going on there, which you know I'm not one to judge about. You know if that's uh, if that's the way they want to play it, but uh, they clearly weren't entirely happy with just that and decided to make off with a little bit of his jewelry. And I've not heard much more about that, so uh, I don't know if maybe it's all gone away. Well, I know that the nine one one call came up, so if anyone yeah. wants to listen to yeah. how he has to explain to the person he's got two girlfriends is <laughs> um. <laughs> Something you want to listen to, then just Google it. But yeah, there's not really anything yeah. else that'll die down. No. So back uh, back on to Saquon versus Baker. Um, Who's going to win? Say, this say year? they were both coming as yeah. Like if, well, obviously, obviously they're not going to win Rookie of the Year this year. But um, uh, sh- like, who who would be having a bigger year this season, Saquon or Baker? Well, Baker's my favorite player, and yeah, <laughs> Saquon is RB one my fantasy team. So. I hope both mm. of them have equally good years. Um, <laughs> but no, I think um, because of the team and the issues the team has, I think that Saquon's probably going to have a bigger year in terms of impact just as a mm. as a player and being like the only player on the team that can actually make plays. But... <laughs> but as yeah, it's kind of like he's going, he's going to have to be the one. Yeah. But um, but Baker's just obviously going. I, think, going I to... just think Baker's going to be accurate and solid, and he's got weapons. So. It really just mm. depends on how they play, obviously. But I think they're I pretty say, even. I, I, I think Saquon. Yeah, I'd say so. I think Saquon's probably in a, a bad situation in terms of like no matter how well he does, he's probably still going to lose this year. Um, but you know like we could be entirely wrong. Uh, perhaps the Giants have uh, a few tricks up their sleeve. Um, but I just have this feeling that Baker's going to absolutely just be barnstorming it the entire season. I I, I think uh, I had it on with you that the over on the over under something like thirty eight touchdowns this season, and I'd probably be happy with the over. Uh, I just see them being being that good. Manning's so I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, okay. say it into the universe. Please get fifty. You've said it. Oh, we should be. We should really be noting all of these things. We should have something like the guys on um, around the NFL podcast have, where there's like one guy who listens to every episode and just notes all of their sandwich props and puts it up on like a, a track on the internet. So if we've got any any fans out there who'd like to do something like that for us, go back and listen to all of our stuff and do this for us. That would be fantastic because I don't have the time. Yeah. This is this this takes up enough time as it is. Yep. 
<laughs> okay, so um, yeah, we're thinking that we're going to move on to talk about uh, a few teams that just don't really get talked about enough at the moment. Uh, because there's plenty of them. Like we're we're certainly guilty of getting uh, a little bit extra airtime for certain teams. Uh, I'm looking at you, New York Giants, uh, and of course my Denver Broncos, your Browns. You know, there's a lot of interesting things happening in the league, but then there's a lot of interesting things that are happening on the lesser teams. The so lesser we're thinking teams. about more fascinating. <laughs> st- <laughs> sorry, sorry to say it, but it's le- lesser teams right now in terms of no one's really looking at them. They're not getting the the publicity. They're, they're it's it's not in New York or anything like that where the media is always frantically like trying to clamor for a story. This is in the smaller markets. Uh, so today we're going to talk about the AFC teams and then we'll get on to the NFC teams a little bit uh, later on in the week. And uh, I think we'll kick things off with the Miami Dolphins because there's some fascinating stuff going on down there, right? There is. Um, want to go with the... Are they tanking? Are they trying? Yeah. I'm not sure. You can tell how much I know about the Dolphins <laughs> right now. Um but, ah, well, there you go. So, see, if we talk about them more, you're going to learn more. So, yeah, get into it. Will they get their one wing against the Patriots this season? <laughs> yeah, please, please. Honestly, I love that. It's my my favorite time of the season is when the Dolphins go and upset them, and that one last year was fantastic. Oh. Anyway, I digress into my uh, my my usual bias against the Patriots. Um, so yeah, obviously, are they are they rebuilding or are they just? Well, of course they're rebuilding, but are they going to do it aggressively and just tank? Uh, they got Josh Rosen in. I don't think it's really going to be tanking. I think they are going to be trying to win, uh, but they need some people to step up. So, yeah. of course, you got Rosen at quarterback, got but you've got Fitzmagic in there too. Yes, exactly. We'll, we'll get on him, but like I'm, I'm starting the offensive side of the ball. So you've got Fitzmagic, who's there at the moment. Uh, he's probably going to start and kind of allow Rosen a little bit of time to develop if he needs it. But you better believe that when, once things start going pear-shaped, as they inevitably do with Ryan Fitzpatrick, that Rosen's going to get some snaps there this season, definitely. Um, aside from Fitzpatrick, it's a pretty young team. And a wide receiver, you'd need Devante Parker to step up, finally. Uh, and there's been talk that he apparently has been doing this. He's had uh, some like a very good camp so far, but you know that could just be... The, the regular he says, she says bullshit sort of deal. Uh, but you need Kenny Stills to get back and find his old form. Yeah, they've also they drafted Miles Gaskin from um, Washington, who's a very mm-hmm. good running back. So that'll be at least another weapon. So we've got Kenyon Drake, you know, as you said. Yeah, and Ken- Kenyon Drake is one of the like more like underutilized running backs in the NFL. So... And like, if you look at the way that he was running last season, he was actually like, I've not really been involved with a, a Dolphins running back since Ricky Williams, but Kenyon Drake's beginning to get there for me. I think that he is one of these guys. He's just he's not getting the chances because they're always falling behind and they have to start yeah, running and they're not utilizing him. Really, you can you can stick him in the slot yeah, as well. To quote Brendan Rodgers, he, he shows character. There was a game, I'm not sure it was against last season, where he fumbled the ball on the goal line, and it led mm-hmm. to them hitting a field goal instead of the touchdown which obviously they didn't win the game at that point they drew it so they'd gone into extra time and then you could see him sitting on the sideline with his towel on his head and just you know absolutely desolate and then they get him up they slap him in the face hit his helmet and he comes back out and runs literally every play to get the winning touchdown so yeah he's definitely got the ability I think They've tried to be a little bit too clever with him. He just, just does seem like the guy just needs as many touches as possible and, you know, a free down back, just keep giving him the ball. Um, swapping him in and out with um, other guys doesn't seem to work as well. He seems to be the kind of player that builds confidence as the game goes on. So hopefully they, they can get something out of him because they are very light, though. Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, Kenny and Drake. Like that's that's so there's a couple of decent players there, but they're they're not exactly going to be lighting up your your eyes if you see them drop to you in your fantasy league or anything. Um, but you know, Kenny Drake's been good and consistent. He's always averaging over four and a half yards a carry, and he's getting about fifty fifty odd receptions a season as well. Like I, I've got a feeling that this could be a good breakout year for him, uh, providing that um, uh, 
offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea really manages to pick things up. And um, with, with head coach Brian Flores in there, um, of, like previously of New England Patriots fame, they, they know how to utilize running backs. So he's, he's played against a few in his time. Maybe he's going to take a little bit of that old uh, old Bill Belichick magic and uh, turn Kenyon Drake, Kellen Balazs, and Miles Gaskin into uh, Sony Michelle and the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question for you. Do you think that um, Minka Fitzpatrick would have trademarked the term Fitzmagic? If he knew six months later, <laughs> it's magic would be on his team. Oh well, I, I think like surely Fitz Magic's been around a bit longer, and people kind of know a bit about him beforehand. But it was only last year that Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of had that like, explosive start to the season, and it's like, oh wait, I'm marketable again. But that's the thing. So, yeah, if he was, if he was smart, he should have trademarked it right after that game that he got the five touchdowns. It's like. Yeah, oh, did yeah. he? Minka Fitzpatrick owns the trademark Fitzmagic. He's going to make a lot of money out yeah. of that then. Well, well this is, probably not. Probably I not don't anymore. think he would have done it if he'd known he was going to be playing with the guy. It's a very much a kind of backhanded move, you know. To, he probably, to maybe, be fair, maybe probably he'll sell it to college, him. but you know, it's not his. Yeah, exactly. Not being called it. It's like someone trade trademarking this the nickname like Burnsy or something. It's like all the other people whose surnames yeah, is Burns I, is like, What are you doing, mate? That's not I I I don't think that Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna mind too much. He's uh he's just kind of winging it these days. And I'm sure he'll be happy. Seventeen enough. kids. And you know is that Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick's a good enough player and you know although he might be the one who's known for it. Like I say, Minka Fitzpatrick might have been known for it in the past as well. So fair enough. Yeah. So do you think the Dolphins are going to win any games? Um, yeah, yes. Uh, so yeah, they'll, they'll start with the Ravens, Patriots, Cowboys, Chargers, which is pretty brutal. And I think uh, you'd be hard pushed to say that they're going to get anything out of that. I can you know, get obviously maybe get I, off the Cowboys if the Cowboys are being the Cowboys, but <laughs> the rest of it's uh, looking a bit tricky. Yeah, well, you know, if, if Lamar Jackson's still is as, as great a quarterback as he is, then there's still perhaps a chance there as well. But yeah, not not much likelihood of that. I can Stop definitely see tossing them going my boy some that shade. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better believe it. I'm going to keep doing it until he proves himself. And if he proves himself, I hold my hands up and say, "Cool, cut I'm, it all I'm together, and we'll send it to him." Yeah, yeah, do it. Then then we'll get him on the show, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll eat some humble pie with him. Oh, if we get to that point, then yes. That would be yeah, great. One of, one of these days. One of these days. Um, but yeah, they've got a bit of a tough tough schedule there. And even in their own division, things are getting a lot tougher. Uh, yeah, to be fair though, that four-week stretch of Redskins, Bills, Steelers and Jets, you know, they'd be hoping for 3-1 and one, at least mm. in that four weeks. Yeah, they'd, yeah, they'd hope for it. But, but I don't know, it's, it's really, really, really tough. In fact, uh, the, the next team that we're going to get onto uh, once we finish this bit up on the, on the defensive side uh, is obviously it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. And like, yeah, I just think um, the AFC East really seems to have its three worst teams trending in the right direction now. While the Patriots, who regardless of their Super Bowl win, seem to be showing these cracks of uh, vulnerability. Uh, they're certainly not completely beyond beating these days. Um, so, but like, if 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 each team just wins a little bit more, you know, they still got to compete with the other teams who are also working their way back up as well. So, hard to see where these wins are going to be split around the division. Now, do you think um, Brian Flores is going to make that big a difference to the defense, at least in the first I season? Think, I think, I think ultimately he will. But right now, uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, Christian Wilkins seems like a really solid pickup on that defensive interior, and um, the defensive backfield has some serious talent in the aforementioned Minka Fitzpatrick and T.J. McDonald at safeties, and Xavier Howard, um, bit of a bit of a hit or a miss kind of guy, but his, his stats always look pretty good. Uh, you know they've they've got a lot there, and you've got that animal Kiko Alonso in the middle as well. <laughs> but um, no, I I think that. Flores is going to really have a good chance to build this team back up, but he needs to he needs to get people to buy into his philosophy 
he has to start, you know, winning in the uh, in the rebuild stakes by convincing new veterans that this is a team worth playing for. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a long road, I think, for them. It's already been a long road. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. to play in the same division as um, the Patriots. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's 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 got to happen. It is what it is. <laughs> so, um, moving on from the Dolphins, uh, we'll get to the Buffalo Bills, and uh, obviously, you got Josh Allen and his new weapons there. So, the new wide receivers are not exactly big, but they definitely have plenty to offer a quarterback like Allen. So, John Brown can really kick on the Jets, and Cole Beasley is an excellent slot receiver. And I'll say, don't sleep on uh, Robert Foster who was a bit of an under-the-radar star last year. Um, uh, But in the draft and in free agency, they've clearly built on this emphasis of Allen is our guy, we need to protect him. Because they went and got Mitch Morrison free agency. He's going to be their their starting centre from Kansas City, I believe, was it? And um, they also picked up Cody Ford, which is a potential draftee steal in the second round. Yeah, the Uh, offensive guard. Yeah. Yeah, but like they seem to be for me picking up a lot of like tier three talent, you know, like guys like John Brown, who's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Cole Beasley was really good in Dallas, but you know he's he's not exactly a, a star. And then they go and get Tyler Croft, who's a very capable tight end when he's healthy. Um, but it's not it's not anything to make me go wow. They're they're really making a push for this, but it's. It's solid acquisitions, at least. I well, guess do you, that's something. Do you think something. that um, uh, LeSean McCoy is still a tier one star? Like in the game, oh, I think he's he been still... he has been that offense for years. Because uh, they got Devin Singletree go as well. Yeah, they, they have <laughs> McCoy. They have Frank Gore being the most elder of the elder statesmen. Uh, TJ Yeldon's in there, and like I say, they've just added Devin Singletree in the mix. He's a very highly touted rookie himself. Is there any? Um, that's quite a running back room. That's a ridiculous running back. I would room. love them to be the Amazon documentary this year. I think that would be an interesting, interesting team. Yeah, um, and they've got something like that. That you want yeah, Tremaine that, Edmonds to keep moving forward. You've got Ed Oliver. There's they see. As you said, all these teams in this division seem to be trending up, waiting for the the Patriots to come back to even. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I, th- I think the, like some of the guys you just mentioned there, like their the defense is absolute fire. I mean, yeah. the, the, that's, that's the best defense in that division. Solid, Mika Hyde. Yeah, there's, they've got yeah. loads Ed of guys. Jerry, Ed Oliver and Jerry Hughes are going to absolutely mince up. A load of linemen and Matt Milano is a pro bowler waiting to happen. Star Lock Lele in there as well. Uh Travius White at a corner. Like oh man, I, I just I have this really strange feeling that this defense is gonna start carrying this team and Josh Allen's gonna start mm-hmm. doing something. Steve Halpska and... as well as a kicker. Like this this is a strong it's a strong roster oh, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Eh? Nice little bit of kicker love there, is there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, compared to some of the kickers that have been going on, especially at the the Seahawks and that. I mm. would have rather have kept him than Janikowski, but that's just me. So Yeah, well I'll say Jan- Janikowski now uh, now retired from the league. Uh he was uh yeah, he was quite the <laughs> quite the phenomenon running the league for quite some time. Now um before we move on from the Bills, uh, I've kind of got a little bit of a hot take of my own on this one. You know, the AFC seems to have everyone trending up and everything, but uh, yeah, I've got a feeling that this team might be better than the Baltimore Ravens this year. Oh, I like that, because the Baltimore Ravens are in the ground session. <laughs> yes. So my, my theory is that Josh Allen's a better quarterback, even if he's not, <laughs> like, he's not exactly the best thrower of the ball yet either, but I've got a feeling that he's got even more potential than Lamar Jackson does. Oh, I don't um, think there's any, any doubt in that, to be honest. Like, I like Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson didn't go out at Lambeau Field and do his best Aaron Rodgers impression last year until he no. <laughs> broke his arm on someone's helmet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Josh Allen, I don't know how you say, he plays the game the right way. Like He, he runs, but he mm. pass, goes to pass first, keeps his head up, um, takes a tackle, you know. 
athletic. Yeah, if he if he can develop into the sort of Cam Newton esque sort of player that I think he's capable of being, uh, then that defense is going to carry them a long way. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be their best year, but I still think that they could be better than a Baltimore Ravens team who have to play a lot of hard teams <laughs> as well. Because oh. obviously their division's pretty tough. They, we've got we've got the Steelers and. Uh, the the Browns, of course, and then they've got to play the entirety of the NFC West, which is also very scary. You don't really know exactly where they're going to go, but I, I'm like, I just got this feeling that you know the Bills they've got a, a bit of a dark horse potential this season. I think it's the one. So people were asking um, at OTAs about why um, why they got Beasley and Brown and the. You know, the coach, whose name is escaping me, even though I had it literally a second ago, Sean McDermott, yeah. um, was saying that they, even though these players, John Brown, and, and that seem more like dink and dunk players, the goal for Josh Allen is always to throw the ball down the field, which is mm. why they took Tyree Jackson as well as the backup. And they want to throw it down the field, but what it does is, a player like Cole Beasley just gives him a safety net he never had last year. A yes, player that will I think run Cole, the slant Cole Beasley's or the, the flat, and if it's not there, he can just pass it down and he won't get sacked as much. Um, yeah, so well, you let, can like see what John, John Brown. Yeah, John Brown is the sort of guy who can go downfield. He has proven it in the past. Uh, he's just got to be more consistent, perhaps. But and they got been David really Sills, good wherever he's gone. Who, who was the best over the shoulder catcher in the country last season? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing he could do. Yeah. <laughs> if it gets you drafted uh, in the NFL, you know, no worries. Yeah. Well, if, if that's what they can, if they can get him those those passes, then fantastic. And like I say, Robert Foster's like a really good wideout. Uh, Zay Jones could like he's probably going to need to make the leap. Like it's 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 quite a deep uh, roster of. Of, of, of not like high end talent, but like really good wide receivers, I think, and it's better than they had last year. So, yeah, like surely the only way is up because their their made, offensive line the is improving. This most of this roster has made the playoffs in the last couple of years, so it's mm-hmm. um yeah, it's just about building and you know the AFC is quite strong, but their division isn't that strong. If they can beat you know, the Dolphins and um, get some performances against Pats and whoever, the Jets, you know. Going up against up the Jets grabs. and Dolphins four times is good for the mm-hmm. Bills, especially in their own stadium, their own weather. Yeah. They should They should have an opportunity to get to 8-8 eight and eight just by beating the teams in their own division outside the Patriots. So, yeah, yeah well, it's definitely an f- interesting Fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Patriots are going to finish bottom of this division. <laughs> so, moving on, the, uh, out, the yeah. Jackson. <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm going to bump that up. I'm going to repeat it four times over. It's going to be fantastic. Um, really, yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> the um, Jacksonville Jaguars and the fate of Foles and the impact of Fournette. So, is is Nick Foles really a proper franchise quarterback? I've never been convinced. Um, but it's obvious that he can have the occasional elite game in him per, per, like each season. And uh, being reunited with John DiFilippo could be great for the team. Or it could show that John DiFilippo had little to do with full success in Philadelphia and that it was actually all Frank Reich's doing. Well, Frank Reich has shown what he can do. So it definitely mm. raises some questions. Um, I... I rate Foles as much as he might be the 17th best quarterback in the league kind of thing. I think he um, probably got the number spot on there, to be honest. Um, and he's been he's not being paid. Like, a lot more of his money is guaranteed than some players, but he's not being paid like Russell Wilson or probably Dak Prescott is going to be. He's getting it's about 60 million guaranteed or something. Yeah, $88 million over, like, four years is, like, $10 million short of what most quarterbacks are getting in free agency now. So he's not yeah. being paid as a Tier 1 quarterback. And you know there's going to be an out in that contract after two seasons or something where they can just move where on. Where they can them. pay him a roster bonus and then waive him. And then yeah, he won't, yeah. they won't actually affect their cap by by um, getting rid of him. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know, like... 
he's better than the quarterbacks that were available in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. And they've got a win now defense, and they yeah. had to keep that defense happy because they were going nuts last season, getting into fights and everything. Because yeah, you can just imagine the 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 chatter that was going on in those games, mm. watching the bloody um the Bills Jaguars game for some reason <laughs> the other day, <laughs> and you could just tell like the Bills are playing really well, but um the Jags just kept intercepting it like you know throwing interceptions and fumbling the ball and Fournette was getting mad because he had like three touchdowns but there's still three points down it's just it's you know they have to fix that and that was the best I think they did what everything they could I I, part of me thinks that Josh Rosen would have been interesting on the Jags as well yeah but Mm -hmm. in terms of getting the defense to commit and want to stay and not ask for (laughs) trades and Maybe sign new contracts, which is got what's going to be the big thing with um, Calais Campbell and Miles Jack Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey all coming up for new deals. They had mm. to at least get them something that looked like they were yep. moving in the right direction. So I think they've made the right decision. But yeah, Foles, if Foles can be 15th in the league with that defense, that's all they need. They'll probably make the playoffs because they're in a weak conference. Well, not a weak, but a very equal conference. Mm, yeah, there's there's definitely opportunities for them to succeed this year, and I think that Foles he's got this uh, kind of whiter than white Jesus like persona, uh, like following him around these days, where everyone's saying that they would walk through like run through a brick wall for him and stuff because he's just a great guy, great leader, and everything. So perhaps that's something they need there. Also, more to the point, he doesn't really turn it over. He's a like a kind of a safe pair of hands, which is all they maybe all they really need. Yeah. Because Blake Bortles was such a turnover machine, he'd be fumbling it, it'd be interceptions, it'd be just crazy. And uh, a guy you touched on there as well was Leonard Fournette, who was a massive disappointment last season with injuries and suspensions. And whenever he was on the field, his performances were often like just way too poor. Um, then you know, was it his fault? Was it the fault of the offensive coordinator who's now out of there? Was it the offensive line wasn't good enough at the time? I mean. Yeah, you got to you got to wonder. Like he's on a pretty pretty short leash now, especially after having a bit of a a, oh. a go at the team for um, like refusing to give him a certain bonus and and uh, yeah, I think you got to keep an eye on someone like Thomas Rawls who, through the course of training camp because he's sitting back there and it wasn't long ago that he was touted as the future of the position in Seattle. Yeah, I it's it's a tough one. Because they mm. don't like other than roles, they really don't have much at, at back, running back. Mm. Um, and I think he's gonna be the the bell horse. He's gonna run the ball. He's he's gonna get his touchdowns. But I think he'll be yeah, in some, a better frame of mind this got, yeah. year. Like we have to take most of how these players were acting with a pinch of salt. They were playing. Mm. They won a game 6-0 last year. <laughs> How do you incredible. win a game 6-0 without having like the best defence in the league? Like Blake Bortles was number one in interceptions, number one in fumbles that led to to turnovers, and he was like number one in interceptions in the red zone. Yeah, um, he was he they, really was number one, wasn't he? <laughs> they cannot Cannot put into words how much I would be pissed off if I was a defender for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're going to come in. They've got Ramsey, Telvin Smith, Yannick Ngokwe, Calais Campbell, Miles Jack, AJ Boye. This team is stacked. And I yeah. I just can't. I can't see it. Didn't they just draft Josh Allen or something? As well? They drafted Josh Allen as well, so they've got even better. Like the, the, the probably the best defense in the NFL got better over the course of that draft. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they also got uh, Jawan Taylor uh, to go and play left tackle, and he's probably one of my steals at the draft. Oh, they had such a good draft lineman. as well. We have like touching on that. What a draft to get because like we said that Jawan Taylor was probably going to go there, and. Well, we expected that to be with the, the earlier pick because we didn't yeah. see really like, someone like Josh Allen. Well, I suppose we actually did. Uh, we, we saw Josh Allen drop, but no, but we had a very different way of looking at it. So yeah, they got two fantastic players with their first two picks. 
So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if Didi Westbrook can do what he did at Ole Miss, and you know, I I still think they would have done well with someone like DJ Metcalf, but DK Metcalf, yeah, like he yeah. would have been a guy who we also had down as a potential uh, pickup for them. Um, but you know, he like for whatever reason he dropped all the way down, um, probably because he's just not really good at turning around yet. But um, he'll he'll get that. Um, well, yeah, they, they've got a couple of like wide receivers like Keelan Cole and stuff. Like, it's not the best of guys for Foles to throw to, and like, yeah, he's just not really got too many weapons around him. But you can tell that they're probably just going to try and ride Fournette and then use use Foles as best they can. But they, they, these yeah, wide receivers need to take Bryant a step candidate? up. I think everyone's a Des Bryant candidate if you're yeah, even questioning the wide receiving core. It just depends on what he's going to do. I would I would say bring him in. I mean, like, Until maybe they would say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just bring him in, work him out, see if you think he can help. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just just move on. Like, don't don't tie yourself to him. But, you know, you can give him a shot to get back into the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be much better, and they should, that defense should wipe the floor of the Texans' offense, at least for another mm-hmm. season, until they can get Will Fuller, get his legs under him, and... Yeah, it's started that it's offensive line. A lot of um a lot of the league is really equal. I just cannot wait for it to start. It's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. madness. I I can't see a team being like ten and 0 this season. I just can't see it. Like it's even the good close. teams like have it. like lost big players or made changes. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season. It'll probably end up with the same two or three teams in the Super Bowl, but you know. God, no, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Please, 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 <laughs> please. Okay, and since we're all out of AFC teams that we need to talk about today, we will leave it at that, and we will get back to you next time with the NFC teams who could do with a little bit more love. So stay tuned for the likes of the Detroit Lions, the Atlanta Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the San Francisco 49ers. And who knows, we might decide just to bunk someone else in there as well because, you know, we just do what we want in this thing. Um, So, yeah, please join us next time for that. Uh, Say goodbye, Darren. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah!